0: A couple of weeks ago, I was um, talking to someone uh, about faith and I always find those conversations interesting. And this person said to me, well, I feel like faith is is just simply about following the Ten Commandments. And I really thought about it because I, I guess for me, I've always resisted viewing scripture as a list of don'ts. I found that following Jesus for me has brought freedom, not confinement to my life. So I thought, well, i Going to go back. It's been a while since I've read the Ten Commandments, I must admit. I'm going to go back and have a little look at Exodus 20 and have a look at the Ten Commandments. So I went back and I'm like, wow, there's some big ones in there. You know, you, you don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery. They're, they're big things, but I was kind of thinking about it and I thought they're, they're not the things that I kind of encounter challenges with in my everyday life. Life, I, I just don't. If I'm, if I'm true, they're not the things that I wrestle with most days. I don't have to get up and go, well, I really need to remember not to murder someone today. Um, it's, it's more often the little things that I struggle with, that I wrestle with, that, that bring me undone in life. The things that I leave unaddressed or that go unnoticed in my life that can ultimately cause me some damage. And I was reminded of Song of Solomon 2, verse 15, where it says, Catch us, the little foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. Now, as I understand it, the issue with the foxes and the vines is this. If you have a vineyard, which I don't, but I understand this is the issue, that the foxes get in and they dig around the the roots of the vines and they expose Uh, the roots and when the roots are exposed, they they rot and it damages the vine and the fruit and ultimately the harvest is either totally destroyed or limited. I think that's the little things in our life can be a bit like that. So why is the fox such an issue? I think because they're small and they're sly and they slip in unnoticed, generally at nightfall, and the damage goes unnoticed until it's too late. I'm sure that if the owner of the vineyard looked out and saw a herd of cattle romping through his vineyard, chewing on his grapes, he would identify that and be able to, you know, get rid of them. And he does, and and they, they keep big things out like that by fences and great boundaries that they have. And I think life is similar. We tend to notice the big things and steer well clear of them, things like murder and stealing and adultery, but the little things are the things that can rob us of our joy in our lives and also potentially destroy it from the inside out. So what does the vineyard owner do when he discovers that the little foxes have been at work in his vineyard? Well, he tends to the vines. He identifies the problem. He probably dig around the roots, replaces the soil over the roots so that they can repair and thrive. So today I want to look at a few little foxes. In our lives that may need to be found, and how to repair the damage they've done so that we can go on to live the kind of life that God has purposed for us. And it's been a while, so I've made an acronym of the word Foxes, so it's easier to remember. The first thing I identify as this: F is for frustration. And frustration, the different dictionary definition is a deep chronic sense or state of insecurity. And dissatisfaction arising from unresolved problems or unfulfilled needs. We all experience frustration when things don't go the way that we think they should. We've all been disappointed in a situation or a a circumstance or an outcome or even a person because we'd hoped or expected something different. Robert Burns, who's a well-known poet, has this quote, The best laid plans of mice and men go astray. Life happens. And no matter how well planned and how well executed we try and make it, sometimes things don't work out and frustration can enter in. And frustration is a reality in a big, busy life. But if we really believe that God is for us, which he is, and he has our lives in the palm of his hand, which he does, then we should be able to relax and shake off frustration and trust him to navigate us through that, even if the cause of our frustration is our own silly self, which for me, that is often the cause. The opposite of frustration is contentment, gratification and satisfaction. So how do we replace the soil? How do we replace and recover the damage of frustration in our lives We need an attitude of gratitude. Because sometimes frustration comes because we are focusing on the problem, the small thing that's aggravating us, the small thing that's upsetting us, and we lose the bigger picture and we lose the perspective around it. It's the rock in your shoe, you know? You can be going up a beautiful mountainside and you've got a rock in your shoe and all you can think about is the rock in your shoe and you can't see the beauty that is all around you. So we need to take our eyes off the problem and give it over to God. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 in the Passion Translation says this, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with an overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life and then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Winston Churchill is quoted as saying this, A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity and an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. We need to try and replace frustration with gratitude. Take our eyes off the problem and get a perspective that is larger and an attitude of gratitude because frustration is a little fox that will spoil the vine. The second thing is offence. Offence is to feel vexation or resentment, usually by violation of of what is proper or fitting. If you have undealt with frustration in your life or disappointment in your life, it can lead to offence. And offence is simply a bitterness towards someone or something that just eats you up from the inside. And the Bible teaches us that offence is not healthy and it's actually not acceptable. Hebrews 12, 15 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness or offence grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And I think that's the problem with offence. Frustration is simply us. Offence can affect many. And sometimes offence is easier to identify in other people than it is to identify in ourselves. Sometimes it can be hard to identify in ourselves because what I've observed is offence comes with a great measure of deception. We feel like we're right and we can't see Past it. And so offense is really easy to pick up without realizing it. You can pick up offense scrolling through social media and seeing a post and not really understanding it or presuming that it's about you or presuming that there's a barb in it or presuming something and we can get offended not only with the post but the person who posted it without really knowing or understanding why they've done that. So this is how I identify when I'm becoming offended, it becomes all about me, becomes all about how this affects me, about me. I notice that I can't think about the other person without a knot in my stomach, you know, that knot that comes. And, And when I think about that person or that situation, I'm right back there. I'm right back there as if it happened yesterday with all the emotions and all the frustration right there at the surface, when I hear about people and, and they're praising that person or saying what a great person that person is, I want to set them right. I want to tell them my opinion. I want to tell them my experience. I can't rejoice with them. I'm right, they're wrong, and I am offended. The opposite of the word offense is compliment. Matthew 5.44 says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Easy to say. So what are they saying? Repent and pray blessings on the person. Offense will take you out if you let it fester. It really will. Learn to love and forgive rather than just be right. Choose relationship over being right. Proverbs 17 verse 9 in the Amplifier says, He who covers and forgives an offence seeks love but he who repeats or harps on a matter separates even the closest of friends. A, fence is a is a little fox that needs to be shot as soon as you see it. Now you're all wondering how I'm going to do the X, right? Because it's F-O-X. Well, X is for crossness. See how I got around that? It's another word for anger. And anger is an emotion related to one's psychological interpretation of having been offended wronged or denied and a tendency to react through retaliation. So we've gone from frustration to offense to anger. And we all know what anger looks like. Most of us here have experienced anger at some time or another. Some of us more often than others. But the Bible clearly teaches us to be angry but not to sin. Psalm 4 verse 4 says, Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and sit still. Sila, pause and think or meditate on this. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Hold your tongue. Anger is an emotion we all feel. And let's face it, there's plenty of things to be angry about, but anger must be dealt with, not shared. It must never control us and never be used to justify our actions. I just did it because I was angry. Anger is a condition in which the tongue works faster than the mind. And the opposite of anger is joy or happiness. And the Bible has a lot to say about joy. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 says, Always be joyful. James 1, 2-4 says, My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work in you, that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. Crossness and anger are those various trials that test our faith. And let's just determine to be patient with with each other and to choose joy and happiness. Let's, Let's save our anger for the havoc that the enemy is causing in the world. And let's be patient and joyful and happy with each other and let our tongue move slower than our mind. E is for ego. Ego is a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. Now I'm not talking about healthy self-esteem here. Healthy self-esteem is healthy. I'm talking about an inflated ego. Ego is all about you. It's all about self. It's all about self-importance. It's all about exalting ourselves over, over other people, our plans, our agendas. It's about our success being more important than that of the whole. And a great quote on ego is this, ego is the only requirement to destroy any relationship. So let's be the bigger person and skip the E and let it go. To exalt ourselves or our agenda over those of others rages against, I think, godly values. The opposite of ego is easy, isn't it? It's humility. 1 Peter 5 says this, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Humility means a modest or low view of your own importance. It's humbleness. Humility doesn't mean, William Temple, this is a great quote. William Temple says, Humility does not mean thinking less of yourself than of other people, nor does it mean having a low opinion of your own gifts. It means the freedom from thinking about yourself at all. It really is just about trusting God that when your time, when your opportunity comes, it'll be the right time and God's got it all under control. He goes, a little fox, that will ruin the vine. The last one is S. S is slander. Slander is a malicious False, defamatory report or statement. It's just criticism, nastiness and bitterness. When you slander someone, you speak badly about them. When you repeat gossip about them, when you criticise them and their actions to others, you know, did you hear about so-and-so? I'm not sure if it's true, but I heard that. That's actually slander. Don't do it. Like, don't go there. It can be thinly disguised as concern. Oh, we need to pray for so-and-so because I'm I'm not sure if you're aware, but but they have some problems. Let me just unpack them all for you in detail. Don't be deceived. Slander is slander no matter how you package it. And my rule is this. It's simple. If you're not part of the problem or part of the solution, then you're not part of it and you should stay out of it. 1 Peter 3 verse 10 says, For he who would love life, and see good days let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit the opposite of slander and what we must replace it with is praise luke 6:45 says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks it's really as simple as choosing to see the good in someone choosing to encourage and not criticize and one of the ways we build people up is to praise them. There's a power in praising people. I'm not talking about flattering people. I'm not talking about lying. I'm actually just talking about looking at someone and seeing the good and highlighting that. You know, we love it when people do that. Women, the last time someone praised you, I bet you felt better about yourself. And I bet you felt better about them. And the last time you praised someone, I bet you felt better about you and they felt better about them. You probably liked the person better. They probably liked you better. So look for honest praising points, character traits, actions that you can highlight. Don't lie to them. Find something good and highlight it. Don't let slander ruin the relationship and the good life that God has for you. So replace frustration with gratitude, offense with blessing, crossness with joy, ego with humility and slander with praise. And I'm convinced that if we diligently identify and eradicate the little foxes in our lives and faithfully replace them with the good things, it will cause our lives to be full and overflowing. You know, because that's the sort of life that God has for us. John 10:10 10, 10 says this, the thief comes or the fox comes in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I wonder if I could pray for you today. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to identify those things that are robbing from our lives. I thank you for the opportunity to identify the little foxes in our lives and to eradicate them from our lives. I thank you that it's not just being able to chase them off, but we can actually replace them with things in our lives. So I pray tonight. Lord, for those who are frustrated, for those who are offended, who are angry, who maybe need to have a little bit of humility, those who, who find that they continuously fall in the, in the trap of, of criticism. Lord, I pray tonight that as I've spoken that your healing word would go out. And that we would see that as something that would hold us back from the life that you have, the life in abundance. And I thank you that we can replace those things in our lives. And I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to meet us right where we're at. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm so glad you could join us tonight. Before we finish, maybe you did join us for the first time tonight or maybe the first time in a long time. And maybe you're on a bit of a journey with this whole God thing, but something I said tonight may have impacted you. And maybe you'd like to take a first step in that journey. You know, it's as simple as a heartfelt prayer offered to God. So I wonder, it's praying something along the lines of this, Dear Jesus, I open my heart to you today. Let me experience your reality in my life. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer or you intend to pray that prayer and begin that journey with God, our hosts will give you some instructions for your next steps when they return in a moment. Thank you so much for letting me be in your homes or wherever you are watching this today. And thank you so much for letting me share the word with you. I pray it encouraged you. We love you. Have the best week.